<laughs> All right, guys. Well, welcome. You made it to the new leader breakout. Um, this is the breakout to be at. If you're not in one, this is awesome. So, my name is Noah, and this is my dad, Scott. I've been on staff for Northridge for a couple years, just two years, and I've been leading groups for eight years. Um, my dad did a lot longer than I have, and if you got the tough questions, right over there, you know, you know. So there's a Q and A after, and he's getting. He's gonna get them, so yeah, I don't know. I've just been doing it for a little bit, but we know there's a mix of you guys in here, different levels, and maybe you just come in to see like, oh, what is group leadership? What does it look like? I heard there's free Panera, I'm in, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Or maybe you've been leading for a year and you just never made it to this breakout and you're like, oh, well, let's just check the box and make sure I get that breakout under my belt too. So we know there's all levels. Um, we're, you know, question and answer at the end to help you guys maybe level the playing ground a little bit. But I found a video that reminds me of my leadership experience, even of leading myself in life. And it's pretty entertaining, at least in my opinion. So um, we can take a look at this video here for a minute. And, um, Sometimes this is the way it looks this when is, we're leading our group. Yes, my group looks like this 90% of the time. But this could be every group. Yes, it could be. Yeah, so here we go. have some fun with this. This man right here is my great grandfather. He's the first cat herder in our town. <laughs> You know, uh, a little about me, yeah, my name is Scott, and I have been doing groups for a few years, 16 years at Northridge, about 10 years before that at a church in Michigan, and, and groups are amazing. Like, they, they when, when they said in there that we believe that, you know, life change happens best in groups, and this is where, like, real sustainable growth happens is, is in groups, like, we really believe that, because that is so true. Sunday morning is a spectator sport. Anybody can sit in rows. That's a spectator sport. But somebody coming alongside you and me and saying, hey, how are you doing with your walk? Where are you at? You know, what, what do you need? How can I be there with you? How can I help you in this process? That is so huge. In Hebrews 10, it talks about our job is to not stop meeting together because we need to be spurring each other on towards love and good deeds. And spurring each other on towards love and good deeds happens in a group. It happens knee to knee. Shoulder to shoulder, us working together, as opposed to us listening to some. No matter how good Drew's talk is or isn't on a given Sunday, like it doesn't matter. In group is where it happens. That's where that we're really able to help each other along. So that that's kind of our heartbeat, and we want to walk you through in this session. We're going to kind of take you through um, just some, I guess, six questions that we want to answer together and work through. And uh, as we work those through, the first one that we uh, want to interact with is, what's the DNA of Northridge? And uh, 
kind of talk that through. Yeah, so the first step of A, B, C, it's nice and collated, but uh, apply the Bible, build relationships, and care for each other. And we talk about this many times, but over what the goal of group is, is A, B, C. And if you do these three things, you'll have a successful group. So the first step is applying the Bible. And it's not about information or teaching or like, here's a blast of the Bible, but it's about applying the Bible. I know in my groups, I have a lot of people who know what to do, but they just don't want to do it. You know, it's like, you know all the answers, but then just like helping people get there to be able to, to take that next step. Um, and so maybe the questions go from, what does the Bible say, to how can I hold you accountable? You know, maybe how can I get you to the gym three times a week? Do you need to make a budget? Did you ask for forgiveness this week? James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So how do you move people from information intake to obedience output and trying to take next steps in their walk with Jesus? And so it's applying the Bible rather than teaching the Bible. So the B is build relationships. Uh, and we would just say, you know, you know, life change happens best in groups. Like we need relationships to help us along. Uh, that relational equity is huge. Uh, we want a place where people can be known and be heard and find connection. Um, we would say that, you know, a group that does life together is the one that sees the most happen. I mean, that's where spiritual growth happens when we're doing life together and we're spurring each other on and we're helping each other along. And really, that's the goal of life in full is to help people get ready to meet Jesus, right? Like we're all going to meet Jesus someday. And as a church, as individuals, we want to help other people get ready to meet Jesus. And we want to get ready to meet Jesus. And so part of that process is having people in our lives that can help us in that. And that happens when I build relationships and other people are helping me along and I'm helping them along. Because we got, we got one shot at this deal. And we want to do the best we can to, to get ready. And here, well done, now good and faithful servant. That's what Jesus said we should be looking for. Yeah, so key. C is caring for each other. Um, and I've heard it said many times, but I hear it again. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so if you're not leading with caring for someone, for how can I help you in this? Or how can I be there for you during this? They don't care what you know or what you're going to tell them or give them on a, on a Wednesday night, a Tuesday night, until they know that you care about them, that you're in their corner, that you got their back, that you're there for them, that you're their friend. Um, and so a lot of times people come sit in a row on a Sunday morning and they'll leave and you'll never know who was in that row. But on a, on a Wednesday night, you'll know who was in that group. You'll know who was, who was missing their cat that week or lost their whatever and needs help with it, needs prayer on this. And you can, you can follow up with them and say, hey, where were you last week? I didn't see you. Um, and so that's the only place that this can happen in groups is care like this. And so it's a next level care that you can't get in a church on a Sunday. Um, so, so that's the goal, ABC, apply the Bible, build relationship, and then give care to those people in your group. Um, and that's the DNA of a group. Yeah, so first question is what's the DNA in Northridge? Second question is uh, why do we need groups? Like what is it? And there's kind of three different reasons we can say, hey, th these are helpful in thinking through why groups are important in our culture as we interact. The first are just some cultural conditions. You know, 67% of America's alone. Sixty-one percent. Uh oh, one looks like a seven. <laughs> it does. It looks like a seven from way over here. Sixty-one percent are, are lonely. Sixty-five percent of Gen Xers are sometimes are always feeling lonely. Twenty-seven percent of millennials have no close friends. Twenty-seven percent. It's crazy. One out of four. George Gallup writes that Americans are among the loneliest people in the world, and these stats were pre-COVID stats. Can you imagine today what's going on? You add COVID to the mix and what's going on. We live in a culture. I mean, if we're going to be missionaries to Rochester and to Americans today, like people need this and groups provide it. Sunday morning doesn't provide it, but groups can provide it. They can, they can help people that way. 
Yeah, you got eight immediate friends as soon as you join a group. It's like, oh, free friend night, right? Tuesday. I've got every. I, I was no. I was lonely on Tuesday. No, I'm not lonely. I got eight friends, right? It's like immediate. So the second reason is biblical mandate, and that is found. Hebrews thirteen three says, encourage one another. Um, Galatians five thirteen says, serve one another. Hebrews ten twenty four says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. James five fifteen says, pray for each other. Romans five thirteen says, love one another. So there's. There's a ton of these one another commands. There's 59 of them in the New Testament. 59 one another commands. And you just don't see it on a Sunday morning the way that you see it in a group where you can serve, love, care, and be there for someone in a new way. Um, And so groups are Northridge's way of one anothering each other. And so you get a chance to shoulder to shoulder, knee to knee, walk with people, link arms, hold their hand through the toughest stuff. And so it's hard to one another when you're talking from a pulpit. It's hard to hear I'm, I'm being served or cared for from Drew's sermon. But on a Wednesday night when you're saying, hey, I'm here for you. I got you. We can do this together. We can walk through this difficult time together. That's where one another happens. And it gives us a chance to live out what the Bible teaches in real life. Yeah, it's kind of like these guys, you know, helping their cat the cat friends. friends. <laughs> okay, uh, next one is spiritual growth. These are crazy statistics, and I'm going to read them correct this time because I'm going to get myself at the right angle. Uh, for, they, they did a study and they said people who are active in groups, like what does their life look like? If they are active in groups, you know, what, what happens in their life? People are 40% more likely to read their Bibles regularly if they're attending regularly in a group. They're 28% more likely to pray for others regularly. They're 25% more likely to confess their sins regularly. Although groups are not the only place transformation, spiritual transformation happens, we are convinced that it is the primary place where it happens. And that's why we put so much time to it. That's why we have staff. You know, Noah's on staff. I'm on staff. Like, we coach groups. Like, the reason, that's kind of weird. Like, in a lot of churches will have, like, they don't have anybody from the staff who does, does coaching of groups. Uh, they leave that to volunteers to coach groups. We have 72 hours a week of staff hours that go into coaching groups because we see it as so valuable. Because we see, wow, this is where a life change happens and we're trying to get people ready to meet Jesus and so we'll visit your group we'll, you know, we'll coach you all the way whatever we can do to help you succeed we, we want to look different because uh, we, we see it as look at this I mean the proof's in the pudding of what happens yeah so our next question is why do we love leading groups? And we've got a few reasons why we love leading groups. Um, first reason is we get to watch God work. I've seen so many people, salvations, baptisms, next steps taken in group that you wouldn't see on a Sunday morning. I mean, we, I mean, you talked about Hannah McKee baptizing three people out of her group. We get to baptize people in my group. You know, it's unbelievable to get that opportunity, that privilege. Um, and stepping up, you know, you see people stepping up to pray for the first time. You know, you've got the guy in your group, he's benching 300 pounds on Saturday and he's like, I've never prayed out loud before. And he comes to group and he's taking that next step and you get to see him walk with God in that. There's special moments that you get to see God work in. So that's why I love leading a a group is because you get to see God work in ways you'd never see him work um, otherwise. So it's just special to watch people grow in their faith and see God help them take next steps. and in and, and my group, I, this guy really, really lonely. He comes to group, shows up, and says, I tried at a bunch of different churches. It didn't work out. I've been here for two years, have no friends. No friends. I mean, he just said, he's despondent, just lonely, downcast. Comes to group, finds nine immediate friends, <laughs> hanging out with everyone. He's vibrant. He's excited. I mean, the face, just the whole body, demeanor, everything's changed. And um, just unbelievable to see God use community and relationships and work in him. So yeah, it's good. The second thing that we would say is that you get to be the church. Uh, you see, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ, speaking to believers, 
And each one of you has a part, and each one is to play that part. You know, when you think about living out the parts of the body, and you know, somebody's a hand, and somebody's a foot, and you know, somebody's the mouth, and somebody's the ears, and you know, the, the body, we need each other. And that happens in group. Like in groups, we allow people to step up and participate in ways that helps them to be a part. They're, they need to be the church as a part of that process. Uh, in First Peter 2:24, Peter speaking, he actually talks about how we are a holy priesthood. Like we are priests in the New Testament. We are priests to other believers. You say, what in the Old Testament? What did a priest do? Like a priest was served people to help them connect with God. And in a sense, that's what we are here for: is to serve people to help them connect with God. And as a group leader, I get to do that. I get to help others. To get connected with God and serve them, just like a, a priest. And, and Peter says, you know, we are a holy priesthood that He set up, and it, it's it is the church. It's what we are to be. We live in a in a day when everything's about what are you going to do for me, right? I mean, like like that's the American way. Like it's it's consumer, 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 consumer. Like I'm not getting my needs met. You're not there for me. You're not like like that's what it is. And it's like we're swimming upstream on, you know, what was the Jesus way? The Jesus way was I. You know, I'm here to help others. I'm here to be the church. I'm here to, like, I am a hand. I want to use this hand. Or I am a foot. I want to use this hand. Or I am a mouthpiece. Like, I'm here to serve others to make a difference in other people's lives and help them get ready to meet Jesus. So we, we get to be the church, which is so cool that we can, we can do that as group leaders. Yeah, I mean, it goes great. The next one is getting to see people find their spot. Uh, you know, you meet someone and you never realize that they had the gift of hospitality or they had the gift of, you know, Martha Stewart ism or whatever, and you had their those those Christmas crumpets that they made. How to? I I'm terrible cook, horrible, awful. I'll tell you stories all day, but my cooking is the worst. You come to the group and it's like the hot apple pie out of the oven. You know what I mean? It's just they have the gift of hospitality, and you're let and you're watching God use them in their seat on the bus, in their spot on the team, and on a you know on a Sunday morning they never get to bake pies or be you know open their home and host people, and God's like here you go here's an immediate spot where you could use your gifts in the church um so it just lights me up to see people say yeah i'm in i can do that but i can't do this other thing so i'm going to play this role like is it the hand the mouth the foot you know you don't always see them all on a sunday morning and but some people are just amazing at hosting and i'm i'm awful at it but they are unbelievable and so when you go to their house and they made you that unbelievable dessert Oh, it's so good. I mean, this is the secret sauce to Northridge, too. I mean, I have people come from other churches to my group just because they're missing those friendships, those connections, that link. Um, and they're like, man, I go to a Sunday morning, and it's like, yeah, okay, I get my, my Bible, but when I go to group, I feel like people are there for me. Like, that's where my church, that's my family. You know, that guy I was talking about earlier, he said, that's my family now. You know, that was, it was just a group of strangers, and now I feel like I do everything with them. They're my family. And so we need people to see their, find their spot. Just so rewarding to see people just, wow, this is where I belong. You know, they have a family. Fourth reason or thing we would say for why we why love leading groups, we get to serve as the hands and feet of Jesus. In John 13, 14, Jesus said, Since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Which would have blown the disciples' minds, right? I mean, he's washing their feet. That's only service did that. A horrible job. <laughs> what Peter's like, you know, out of my face, like... No way you're I'm allowing you to wash my face, my feet, and you know, obviously, it was it was an example that Jesus was saying, and it, and we get to do that, like we get to help other people, and it's not just one way; they help us as well. You know, when there's stuff that goes down in our lives, you know, it's a it's a we're in this together, working at it together. Yeah. 
In uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 31, Jesus is talking about two commands that his followers have to do. You guys know this. The first is to love God. And then he says the second is equally important. Love your neighbors as yourself. No other commands, commandments are greater than these. Where do we find those neighbors to love? We find them in community group. Like that's, and, and if you got one that's hard to love in your group, you think that's a surprise to God? <laughs> it probably isn't, right? Like he put them in your group to grow you. Like, you know, you think Jesus loved all his disciples all the time? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, like I, I think there were struggles there. I mean, I think there were things that, that happened that made it hard. And I think that that happens in our groups. But that's a chance for me to be more like Jesus and me to help somebody along. And when you see them grow, uh, like you're helping them for eternity because if they're driving you crazy, they've been driving people crazy their whole life long. And maybe God put you in their life to help them to see like their blind spot. And, and, and that's the reason they're driving people. It's, it's the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what we get to be and help people along. It's where the rubber meets the road right there. Cool. Yeah. The question four is, do I qualify to lead? And uh, yeah, that's a tough question because maybe you're thinking, man, I didn't. I just came from Panera, right? Like I'm not here. I'm not here to lead a group. I'm not here to like you know. I like the cookies, right? Um, so, am, am I qualified? This doesn't seem like it's the right fit. You know, they're talking about care and how to be praying with people and they're you know whatever all these heavy topics. And um, I look at the Bible and I just say, right, what does God have leaders qualified do, and what does that look like? I mean, Moses and David and Gideon, and God does not call people who are qualified. You don't need a seminary degree to be qualified. He qualifies those he called. He calls Moses and David and Gideon. They are not ready to be leaders. They are not prepared. They're not who God wants them to be when they started leading. Um, and so it's actually more glorifying to God when you do it and you, and you don't know how to do it. And you say, guys, I'm, I'm, just in this, I'm just trying this out. I'm just giving this a whirl. But God gets the glory when you have no idea what you're doing and you're just kind of winging it and praying and relying on him, depending on him. When you don't think you're qualified, when you don't think you're enough, when you don't think you have all the answers, that's when God uses you the most. Um, and if you don't think you need God to lead group, that's when you're not used at all. Your group is ineffective when you're not praying and relying on him for those results. Um, and so God uses us in our failure in spite of ourselves. Um, not because of how great we are at leading or because we're some awesome seminary grad that knows all the answers. Um, oftentimes, the people just want to be loved and prayed for, I feel like more than any piece of Bible knowledge that you're going to bestow upon them and change their lives with, blow their mind. Um, but we do have a threshold for what we ask of leaders. You know, leaders are an example, and they're people who are looked up to, and we don't want to just put heresy front and center for everyone and make it seem like this, you know, weird thing. So we do have some, some kind of basic requirements, and so we're going to just walk through those five basic requirements, and they're up here. Yeah, the first one is a growing relationship with Christ. And I guess we would say this, you know, it, it is about direction, not perfection. When it comes to your relationship with Christ, it's about direction, not perfection. You could have been a Christ follower for 35 years and we'd be like, oh, hope, hope. We're really, it wouldn't be good if you let a group right now uh, because you've been at it for 35 years, but your direction is not looking good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are not stepping towards Christ. You are not growing in your relationship with Christ. So this is not about longevity or number of years. It's really, where are you at? Like, are you trying to serve him? Like, mm -hmm. are, are, do you, do you want to take your next steps in trying to track with what he has for you next? And if, it, if, if that's where you're at, then we want you on the team and we want to help you in the process. And as coaches, we want to jump in and help you. And we can't wait to see what God does through you and as we partner together in the process. So it's really more about direction than it is about perfection. The second That's one is uh, completed one trimester uh, in groups. People will come to Northridge from all different churches. And other churches have great groups, okay? And they have, like, and, and they run them well. And they, I mean, they work really well. 
But but maybe it's a different kind of a different DNA of how they do group than the way we do it at Northridge. That's not a problem. But what we would say is we've had people jump in over the years. When I came to Northridge, I think the first year we had like seven groups like that year, and now you know it's like groups all over the place now. Well, when we started with seven, people would join in all throughout the years, and they come and they, hey, our church we did this, and our church did this. And the, and the problem was you ended up having groups that looked completely different, and they were you know, headed in a million different directions. And so what we've said is we'd love to have you check out a Northridge group, hang out with a group for a year, you kind of are our first tri trimester, kind of understand it before you're actually leading it. So that becomes a prerequisite. We have, you know, even Drew when he came, we said, no, nah, you can't lead a group <laughs> your first trimester. you got to hang out in a group. Just to see because they're so different, and there's no right or wrong ways. It's just it's helpful if it looks the similar and we're headed and pulling in the same direction as we kind of train and move forward. The third one is uh, membership, church member. And that just kind of helps us to know that people are with us. And the membership is a process. We would say, you know, people will jump into leading group before they're a member, which is fine, uh, as long as they're headed towards membership. Like if somebody's got a problem with where we are and says, no, I would never become a member there. Well, we're probably not going to put them as a leader of a group because that just means they're again going to be there's going to be some things that they're not in, in unison with us, and you know that's not a problem. It just means they're in a different spot. So membership is, is a part of the process. Yeah, I would almost say if you have someone who's led a group before in another church, it's almost harder to lead with them because they have expectations. They're coming in with like things they think that will happen in the group, and then they'll be like. You don't lead group, right? <laughs> You're a bad leader. You know? <laughs> You're like, well, well, just, just hang. Okay, you know. But so the the fourth one is time, capacity, and discernment. And for that one, I mean, just go to group. Like, show up. Like, be on time. It's really hard to lead a group if you're not there. I mean, it's it's brutal. I, if you're in Jersey, it's just hard to lead from Jersey. So I'm telling you, just go. Show up. Be present. Like, be there. Don't be on your phone. Like, just be, be, be present. Be there for people. Um, and then pray for the group. If you're not praying for the group outside a group and just on your knees saying, God, we need these people to look more like you tomorrow, um, then, you know, your group isn't headed in the, in the direction God wants it. Um, fifth is agreeing to the group leader behaviors, and that's um, and when you do the application for group leadership, it'll all be on there, and it's just kind of a, hey, we, you know, you're going to be a role model, you're going to be an example, so we want to make sure that you're stepping by these guidelines and walking in these ways before we just throw you up on you know, a pedestal for a lot of people to be following with their lives. And so just taking that seriously and being an example, um, being the right role model for people behind you. Fifth question is, what do leaders do? So if I'm considering leadership, what, what does a leader even do? Like, what are the, the requirements or how does that play? Um, there's some things that need to happen for a group to happen. So these are kind of like nine things that need to happen. A group leader doesn't necessarily do these. It's yeah, just shouldn't. somebody should probably do these things if you're going <laughs> to operate well as a group. So somebody needs to make these happen. First of all, organize weekly meetings. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> those kind of need to happen. Um, take attendance. Uh, they basically they send you like a tax, and you like 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 you know. It's super so hard. Somebody yeah. gotta do that to say who was here and not here. It's a way that it helps us with care because as a group leader, I can forget like, oh yeah, they haven't been here for three weeks, and so it becomes a way for you as a group leader to kind of sense where are people at and what's happening and how are they doing and kind of track with them. Number three is update online search profile. That's like the online piece where people jump into groups. So somebody's got to make sure that, that thing like looks like your group. So people don't jump and go, well, I wanted that. What's going on over here? Uh, next one is communicate with group members, obviously. Uh, pray for group members. Uh-huh. Raise up new leaders. Um, obviously, that's a part of it. You know, multiply your group. On average, our groups multiply every three years. Uh, once a group gets beyond 16 people, it becomes a time where they multiply. All we really mean by multiplication is 
there's a number of different ways multiple agents can happen. Sometimes it could be you send a, you know, a couple people off from your group to go start a new group. Or it could be that, you know, geographic-wise, there's a natural divide within your group, and some people live all in the west and some in the east, and they say, hey, let's, let's kind of move apart and separate, and we'll create two different groups to kind of work better that way. Other times it has to do with childcare. Sometimes it has to do with um, just age and stage. So there's all different reasons for those things happening, but multiplication is something that happens. And then uh, meet with your coach a couple times a year, and then attend trainings. There's one of these trainings now, and then there's usually an online training at the first of the year. Uh, which would be attended uh, an online training that would be a part of it. So that's what leaders do, or some things that happen. But then there's some essentials, and they talked about these today. They did, yeah, they did. That, uh, we can walk through as a part of this as well. Yeah. So the essentials that we're going to walk through are up here on the screen. But they they started with pursuing Christ, and um, I think you're going to talk about pursuing yeah. Christ. It, it, we would say this, you know, pursuing Christ. We can only minister out of the overflow of what Christ is doing in our lives, right? And uh, one of the things about leading group is it puts me in a spot where I become more dependent on Christ because I find those tough situations and I, you know, find those instances where I'm like, Lord, I need you uh, right now. I need your help in the midst of what I'm experiencing right now. And so that pursuit of Christ, sometimes it gets even greater because I'm leading group. But we would say we all need to be, it's that whole direction, not perfection. I need to be pursuing Christ. I need to be taking steps, and I'm saying, this is what I'm walking towards. I want to bring honor and glory to God through pursuing Christ as a part of this. Yeah, that's a big one. you got to start there. Yep. <laughs> Number two, cultivate relationships. Um, like we talked about, 59 one another statements in the New Testament. We're supposed to be one anothering people. And so how are we doing that? we got to do it through relationship. And it's through a built relationship that takes time, and it takes development, and it takes cultivation. Um, and spiritual, we say it a lot around here, but spiritual growth um, happens when we're connected relationally. So it's got to happen horizontally, and it's got to happen vertically with you and God and the people in your group. Um, just like Matthew 22, the greatest commandment, love God and love people. Love God and love people. So if you don't have a group, you know, those are the easiest people to love because you're leading them, you're walking with them, you're serving with them, you're caring for them, um, and you're there for them. Um, spiritual growth is relational. It's not a formula. Spiritual growth is relational. It happens on a person to person, and it happens on a person to God. So a major part of our role is cultivating spaces and places and relationships in a group. So that might be just setting up serving ideas. Um, you know, it could be all sorts of stuff, but it might be just a social night or a going out to radio social or a dessert or, you know, whoever has that hospitality gift, you want to go there. That's where you want to go. Apple pie. That's where you're going. So creme de, whatever those like creme de, I don't, creme, oh my, oh man, oh, creme, anything creme, go for that. That is where it's at. I'm telling you. And, and, and just go to their house, have dinner, have dessert, have dinner, whatever. Just hang out with them, right? It's not that hard. Just make it simple. Whatever you like to do. Go golfing, right? Have, have more for dinner. But cultivating relationships is so key. It might not feel urgent. It might not feel like I have to do this tomorrow. But it's super, super, super important. So making it a priority is key to growing a group that, that, is, that it loves to be together. Uh, the next one is promote participation. Uh, we want to lead groups to be, uh, you know, not consumers. There it is again, contributors, not consumers. And uh, there's a number of ways to do this. As a group leader, it, to say, hey, this is, this is not my group. This is our group. Like, like we do this together, right? You know, my house, we got, you know, there's a number of people that live in my house, okay? And, and like, if Heidi and I, if my wife and I had to do everything, like, it, it, that would be a problem, right? Like, that's not the way this works. Like, we're this is all a family. together. Yeah, this is yeah, a family. We're a family. Like, we all spread the love. Yeah, we, we work together. <laughs> and the same is with group. In fact, um, with my group, we do like a, 
a schedule that we lay out ahead of time and we just say, hey, here's what happened. This was a schedule from last year during COVID, but we had like a girls snack, we had a girls location, a home that was being used, we had a girls facilitator, you had guys snack, guys location, we used different houses because of COVID, we were in two different homes. You know, we had uh, girls, guys location, guys facilitator, you know, they were doing some video sessions were being done, some other, other study guides were being done. And we just like try to say, hey, we roll this out at the beginning of the semester, beginning of the trimester, we don't even ask anybody to volunteer. We basically in. just volunteer everybody and then we like bring it to group hand it out and say are there any problems we're a family let's figure it out <laughs> switch with me yeah yeah and people switch up i'm not going to be here that week i can't do this one can you do it but it, it just becomes a hey we are all a part of this group i'm a group leader but that doesn't mean i do all the work in fact if i do all the work that's a problem You're like trouble. i'm an enabler like like that is not like we I, everybody needs to be a contributor and so group leadership is just saying Let's do this together. Let like we're in this together. We are a family, and it's not us, you know, you know, us doing everything for others. And there's a number of other things. Like we would do like serving initiatives, oftentimes within group over the years. And somebody would be like the serving person. Like they would come up with the serving ideas on, on what we could do and and how to look. Socials. Somebody's kind of the social person, so they come up with stuff with the group on socials. That way, again, a leader is not. Leadership is not doing everything. Leadership is doing nothing. Is that right? Can I even say that? I think that's right. I sounds right to me. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning it's helping everybody else be a part, right? Like we are a family, we're in this together. And so, you know, obviously there's some leadership involved in kind of getting the thing rolling and helping it all happen. Yeah. But it's 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 everybody is a part of this. Tonight at process. dinner, Larry told me he's been a leader forever, so he's not in this breakout. <laughs> Larry said of the key to groups, and he's this older, wise man, he said speak less than 30% of the time. <laughs> I was like, Larry, you gotta be doing the panel, not me. Like, that's gold, you know? Right. So get other people to, to in on in the participation. Um, the next one is to model authenticity. People would rather follow a leader who is always real than one who's always right. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to come with your Bible memorized, you know, get the Torah down. That's fine. You know, no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I, you know, people just want to be around someone who's real. They don't need someone who's always going to tell them, this is what's right, this is how to do it, this is what you got to do. No, just be yourself and laugh at yourself. When you make a mistake, own it. Be like, this didn't go good. The tech didn't work, right? And the video's freezing and you just laugh and have fun with it and then roll with it and help people feel like you're real, that you're yourself, that you're transparent, that you're humble, that you're not coming in with pride or that you're coming in above anyone, that you're not trying to be a Pharisee or you know come down on people with stuff. Um, people will often just want you to be yourself and be authentic and real and love people. So when it comes to being real, um, we always want to lead with vulnerability and we got to be the people to go first. So you got to be vulnerable, authentic first before you expect anyone else. When you got a new person that walks through the door, you got to be the first one to tell them, I'm not always right. I don't know all the answers. I'm not a Bible scholar, but I'm here to help, you know, and, and I want to help. I want to be here for you. Um, but you've got to go first in the vulnerability, authenticity during prayer group, during um, discussion time. You can't expect a new person to just bear their soul with no context or no relational buy-in. So you've got to lead out in that and say, here's the hardest parts in my life. Here's the messy parts about me. Here's what I don't like about myself. And here's what I need you to hold me accountable for this week. And when you start there, then people come with respect and they come with, okay, I see what this group is about. This group is about helping everyone rather than telling anyone what's right or wrong or how to do you know, what we're gonna do. 
Um, and so that's the hardest part of group, in my opinion, is developing vulnerable, authentic relationship that gets people to open up and be humble and honest. And the last one is replace yourself. Uh, cast vision at the beginning of the group that success is a missional group. And replace yourself, it really means the only reason that any of us can get into a group, and we can join a community group, is because somebody else was willing to make a place for us. Like they were willing to make a spot that we could land in. And, and the way they did that was that somehow they multiplied their group, or else their group was so bad half the people left. Or, <laughs> <laughs> something happened that created an open seat that enabled me to join that group. And that's yeah. the only way any of us got a group, is because somebody stepped out and said, I, I'm going to be a part of creating a spot where someone else can land. And, and you just have to talk about that all the time in group, because it becomes so natural for us to be, you know, us four and no more. And, I don't want to lead, and I don't want to yeah. join our group, and I, we love what we got going here. We're going to protect this thing. And that's so natural. Like, that's the American way. Like, that's so natural. Right. Consumeristic. kind of not the Jesus way. And so, like, have, as leaders, to kind of help our group to focus out and just realize somebody created a spot for us. What are we going to do down the road? We don't know when that's going to be. Average is every three years. But what, what are we going to do down the road to create a spot where someone else can step in? And just realize that that's a part of leadership. Is sometimes it's not always popular and not always, you know, the, the thing everybody wants to hear, but, but it, it really is something that makes a different eternal difference in other other people's lives. Yeah. Developing one of those spaces just changes yep. lives left and right. So yep. so key. We got some resources. If you're like, oh man, that schedule that that twenty five row schedule, like I wanna see that. So you can just bump, jump online here. we got the group schedule sample. Northridgeleaders.com has all these resources. So if you're saying, I'm unprepared, I don't know what I'm doing, I need a, I need a study to do, and I need it next week, jump on here. Uh, right Now Media has a ton of good studies. Um, I've done a bunch of those, and they're awesome. So Right Now Media, Northridge Beyond, if you've got an idea, you're like, hey, I need a service idea, and I want to help, like this morning you saw Rise 106, that box or those flower beds. All those ideas are at northridgebeyond.com. So you can jump on there and just grab an idea, a pre, pre-made plan. So you don't have to come up with your own, like, hey, I'm going to contact a school. No, we've got, to, we've got to done it for you. So Northridge Equip, also if you're like, hey, I need help with this this topic, parenting or premarital sex, or I really want to dig, dig in deep on some issue, um, there's a great, Northridge Equip has a ton of stuff that helps you dive, dive deep on hard stuff, hard topics. So these are just resources. And uh, if you want, you know, any you of them, reach one. out. You missed the bottom. Oh, the Herding Cats video. Yes. You want the if, cats. if you have a bad day and you need a little inspiration and you need someone to step up and you're like, there's not, I think he said at the end, like, when you ride into town and you haven't lost to one of them, there ain't a feeling like it in the world. You know? I mean, when you need a little pick me up, the Herding Cats video is right here. So you can check that out. <laughs> so Grandpa Willard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My first generation care herder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, last question. How do I get started? Like, what does this mean? Um, basically, uh, there's a card that's sitting on everybody's seat, and Jason loves these cards so much. <laughs> he's like, if you can give me a flow of these cards, I'll give him a blanket. So. He gave you all blankets <laughs> with the idea that you might fill out the card. <laughs> but that card just basically is a way for him to track. Jay's obviously our community group pastor, and uh, it gives him a way to track. You know, what are you guys thinking? Or where are you at? You know, are you open to discuss this further? Are you already leading a group? Are you all in? Do you want to talk further? It just it just gives him a picture of where people are at. 
yeah. um, to kind of know how to shepherd as he tries to lead this ministry. And he's obviously wanting to hear from you because he's willing to give you blankets in order to do it. So, uh, yeah, so there's options there. They, there's obviously talk to your group leaders, you know, fill out. There is an application. He would let you know on how that all plays just to figure out if people, um, you know, it helps to answer a bunch of your questions and, and get information back. And then there's membership for those who haven't taken that. We do that a couple times a year. Yeah, I say talk to your coach too. Like, talk yeah. to us. Like, yeah. he loves 3 a.m. calls. So if you've got, sure. if you got, if you got any calls past 2 a.m., Hit Scott Bixby on speed dial and just just ring away. I mean, well, last night I would have been up. There you go. I tell you, he's awake. I mean, yeah. We have a six month old right now, and he was not doing well. And so Heidi and I are both up. It's like, what are we doing? This is not good. Yeah. So he'll be awake. So hit him up. Hit him up, man. Gage loves it when you call him the one Yeah. So all that to say, guys. Thank you so much for considering leadership, and it, it, it's it's what God's called us to do, is to help other people along, get them ready to meet Jesus. We're all going to meet Jesus someday, and we want to hear, great job, way to go, you help people along, that's what we want to invest in, and that's why we, we get to do this. So, What questions do you guys have for us? Questions, comments, snide remarks? We've got a special gift for the first question. <laughs> <laughs> Show me. <laughs> first question. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Right. We have our first Is that cat for, for the cat herding horse? Yeah, it's cat herding. Tom, Tom had his hands up too. All right, Tom, give Tom a little cat herd. There we go. Ride it. Professional cat herders. First generation. So. Is it possible to co-lead as an option? Totally. Yeah, yeah. That is a great question. Yeah, so basically, in fact, I'm a huge proponent of this. Um, <laughs> get as many individuals as possible from your group on your leadership team. Like, seriously. Um, right now, uh, we've, got, we've got three different family units tied to that. And... Um, Robert and Christine are here, and they're the fourth from our group. And I, I, you know, they're here checking it out. But the more you have on your leadership team, the easier it is for people to jump on. Because now it's something we all do together. If you get stuck in a situation where you're the lone leader, that oh. is a hard thing. Because now all of a sudden, this is Scott and Heidi's group, and oh, we can't do like Scott and Heidi. Like, like, so splitting that stuff up as much as possible. Like your house, if you're, yeah, don't ever lead group and do it at your house and have yourself be the only leaders. Because nobody's ever gonna feel like they're, like, th nobody's gonna step up. It, it becomes something where we're a family, we're all contributors, we're all doing this together, and you get as many leaders as possible on that leadership team. Because it, it's it's spreading the wealth, and it's helping it to be something we all do together. And I think we can, it, when you do it by yourself, it's just as hard. So no solo leaders, no solo couple leaders, have it be a team of people working together. Great question, Robert. Tom, you had a question. Yes, um, what bowling alley did you get those shoes from? <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you're killing me! I don't know. So I'll be honest with you. My wife dresses me. <laughs> so whatever Heidi buys, I like to wear. And then there, for years, like, she would come to church on Sunday. Because I come before she comes. So, like, this morning, I don't know, I was here, like, 6.30. So, and she's not up. So she would come to church, and she would be like, What, what are, you, are wearing? you wearing? Like, I'm oh, so man. embarrassed, is what she's saying. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, it's like, 
you put my clothes on Saturday night, I'll wear them. Like, I don't care what I wear, obviously. Look at me. And so, I, yeah, so that, so Tom, I don't know where Heidi bought them. Heidi bought my shoes. Goodwill, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wearing them, so. <laughs> but I probably can bowl for you. That's where most of them. Okay, any other questions? Wife. <laughs> it's time to end that. What other questions you guys got? Yeah. Meryl, what's up? A uh, talker. Oh. You have somebody who's too much of a talker. Yeah, I tried to say, well, let's do t 20 minutes of sharing. Is that the right way to do it? Or? Yeah. Keep so the, yeah. you have somebody who's over talking. Is that what you're saying, Carol? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you have an over-talker, and oh, we all have. It's during the social part. Right? During the social part. Oh, oh. You mean before, oh, before yeah. you even so get it. So it runs over. So monopolized it, and she would go on for at least a half hour. Oh, oh yeah. my. Okay, so here, here's what I do with our group. That's a great question. And you can't see it very well, but this actually shows, this is a schedule for our group that says, here's our goal. This is when we start. This is when we, this is when we eat. This is when we stop eating. This is when we go to discussion, this is when we go to prayer, and it's all on here. So everybody who looks at the schedule can see exactly what our expectations are, and no matter who's facilitating on that given week, they're able to help this schedule happen. And so it's almost like it's a, a non-negotiable. This is how we operate. And if you struggle that way, to have somebody who's kind of your your rule follower person, yeah. appoint them as your timekeeper. Yeah, and just give, say, give hey, them a stopwatch. Yeah, you just watch. That's what I'll do. Keep yeah. an eye on us, because I get talking too much, and who knows what time it is. And so, yeah, have them be that person for you, and I found that to be really helpful. That's a great question, Lucero. Great question. Yeah, that's a solid idea. I got prayer group, you know, you have like the one guy, and it's just like the entire prayer group. Put him last. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know oh, we're done. We're done. Start over here. Look that way. Yeah. Well, Somebody I, else. Somebody else is talking yeah. tonight. Yeah, we've all. We've all. I've been all. No, but I have had some. You know, all right, you're the time. You're official timekeeper of tonight. You got six minutes. All right, and when, and when this timer goes off, we're, someone's praying. Like, and then it's six minutes, six minutes, six minutes. Just divide it up. Everybody gets their time, and because then you're losing, someone, you're cutting into someone else's time. You're really hurting someone else in the group. It's not that you're hurting that person who talked 20, 30 minutes. It's you're hurting the rest of the group. You're sacrificing. So just hard, and trying to make it about everyone rather than about like. It, it, and I've even pulled people aside like that and just said to them, "Hey, you're you. It's easy for you to talk, right? I mean, you're just you're good at. It. Can you help me pull out the rest of the people in the group? It's almost like they don't even understand that they're, that they're free that way." Help me help everybody else talk. Like, you're free, so tone it down, and then ask questions of others, and then listen, so that they actually become a part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. But it's good. It's tough, though. That's yeah. a hard one. That's a big tension. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, don't hate me <laughs> I saw you had a terrible towel in there. I was like, what is going on? But, okay, you guys did a really good job of defining what a leader is and what the responsibilities are. I think facilitators, you guys have almost everybody in your group is a facilitator. Can you define and differentiate facilitators? Ah, it's a great question. That's a good one. You don't know what that is? Yeah. I might take a shot at it. But go ahead. <laughs> my, so facilitators are just for the night. So they're going to go up there for the night and they're going to give you, I'm going to read you the questions, right? So I'll, I got a preset 
list of questions that I found on the website, and I'm just going to read the questions and get the group to talk about it. They're not necessarily like responsible for creating this schedule or for running the whole thing at the beginning and laying out the ABCs for people or doing that type of stuff. But the things that they're, they're just responsible for helping the group discuss the sermon or discuss the video. So if there's a, if there's a awkward pause, you can jump in and help them, but you're, but they aren't necessarily like responsible for the whole spreadsheet or, you know, getting people the, the six essentials. They're just someone in the group who came in who can read really <laughs> like you can read. All right. You're my facilitator. You know what I mean? Like, here you go. And, and some people like, it's harder to get them to do that. Like they, they need pushed a little bit to become a facilitator. But I, every time I say, you know, I've got the questions right here. If you get stuck on one, just look my way and I'll help you, you know, and then encourage them like crazy when they do good job or when they're done, even if they did a terrible job, like, man, you slayed it. You did so great. Oh, man. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. I love I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you read the questions and they're like, I was so nervous. I'm never doing that again. I, I put myself out on a limb and man, I don't know. I, I think I was nervous. And I was like, yeah, you were nervous, but it was amazing. You know, like you're the best reader I've ever seen. And they're like, oh, I, don't know, I don't know. But man, when you like encourage people afterwards and say like, you did so well, they want to do it again so totally get behind it but so um follow up would be like an opening prayer okay do you ask them to do the opening prayer or do you Oh, I give it away. Give it away as much as I can. As much as I can, give it away. Yeah, I don't want to be the person that everyone looks to for, like, the, you know, crucial moment or, like, that it rides on Noah. Because there's going to be weeks I'm going to be in Ireland or I'm going to be, you know what I mean? Like, we got, you got to have it where it's a group. This is all, all, this is an all play. Group is not a, we come and watch the leader play. This is an, all, everybody in the group plays. And so I, I always give away, like, hey, and ask someone who's comfortable with praying. Like, you know, don't ask the person who, maybe, you know, just accepted Christ last week in your group, and you're like, hey, what I want you to do, I want you to give you a six-minute prayer, like, you know what I mean? No, don't set them up like that, but just, if and pray simple prayers so that they get comfortable praying simple prayers, that there's no high bar or crazy, like, I don't have to pray, like, you know, some crazy priest on the first night of group, but that's what I would do, is just give it all away. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, Noah holds the seat of honor, and he can only pray for the first prayer of the night, or something like that, but it's hard, because it's like, I want to set the right tone for the group too, and you don't want to just let, you know, willy nilly. So maybe just getting a, an idea of where they're at before you say, like, sure, go ahead and open with a prayer, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we need to be done. But we're glad you guys are here, and we're gonna stay here, and we'll answer as many questions as you got for as long as you want. But thank you for considering leadership, and thank you for being a part of Northridge, and thank you for putting up with Noah and I. That's yeah, brutal. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason.